Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast review of games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the one carrying the group through the zombie apocalypse. Andrew, with me, the one who tries to hide when he gets bitten. Keith. Hello. And Patient Zero herself, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we played Back for Blood by Turtle Rock Studios. Back for Blood is a first-person co-op zombie survival game where you are trying to essentially get your team of four survivors and make it from point A to point B while doing some objectives. But going around, Liz, was this a game or a pass for you? So I'm going to give it a game. I did like it, and there are a lot of aspects I thought were really cool, but I just had trouble getting into it. Like, I was never super thrilled to play, but I enjoyed my time with it. And the entire time, I don't know why, I kept thinking about Rainbow Six Siege and State of Decay 2. I don't know why this game kind of reminded me of them, but um, I love those games. But yeah, I I liked it. I definitely think for multiplayer. I'll put that in too. For (laughs) multiplayer. (laughs) Yeah, for me, this is definitely a game. I unfortunately didn't get as much time to commit to it as I wanted to, I guess, for the episode purposes, but it's it's a game I know I'm just going to play more because I absolutely had fun of it with it and, it, and it was not for lack of interest. It was just a lack of timing. But all in all, it, it I think I think I'm going to pull a phrase out from our, um, maybe it's an old one in general, but also from our pre- prequel episode to this or, or whatever, preview episode. Yeah, our preview. Is, is it, it scratched a niche for me. I I loved the Left 4 Dead series. They were so much fun, and this is everything that that game was and more, in my opinion. And so it was just a lot of fun. It, it, it We'll get into it, but it even had roguelike elements to it that I just thought were so cool in this style of game that I'm all about it. And uh, yeah, definitely a game. I do agree with Liz. It's better with multiplayer. Uh, we're all preferential on how we play said multiplayer, but... I think, yeah, definitely whether you play with some random people online or play with your friends, this is absolutely best played with friends or with people. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be with you guys as well. This is a definite game for me. I really enjoyed my time for Back for Blood. This is this is a lot of fun. I know me and Keith has mentioned multiple times that we really wish that there'd be a Dynasty Warriors game on Game Pass. And for me, this is kind of, I think, as close as we're probably going to get. Because I don't know if there will ever will be a Dynasty Warriors game. But for me, this game was relatively mindless. And you're just like really powerful and just mowing down tons of people as they're just constantly rushing at you. And so, I mean, it can get a little frantic. And you sometimes have to think. So it's not as relaxing as probably like a Dynasty Warriors. But this to me was just, it's just relaxing. Just being able so strong and just throwing grenades and everything and just taking out hordes of people. It's so much fun. Isn't that weird that it was relaxing? Now that you say that, I'm thinking like, except for like there are a couple moments yeah. where I was like, oh crap, Andrew, help me. Besides that, I actually, I thought it was relaxing. Yeah. It, 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 well, I should say it's relaxing if you're playing on Recruit, the easiest difficulty. This game has a pretty heavy difficulty curve if you up the difficulty, which me and Keith learned pretty quick. Yes, sir, but, we did. Uh, yeah. So for me, this is definitely a game. It's a lot of fun. So the overall story for Back for Blood is this takes place a year after the zombie apocalypse happened. There is this parasite that has appeared on Earth, which people believe to be kind of of extraterrestrial origin, but people call it the devil worm. And it's essentially, yeah, just this parasitic worm that infests people and 
morphs them and turns them into these zombies, which are called Ridden. And you play a group of survivors called Cleaners, who are a part of the 1% of people who are immune to the parasite. So your job is to essentially build up this community called Fort Hope and try to bring supplies, bring survivors, and ultimately find a way to actually fight back against the zombies. What did you guys think of the story? Did you guys even notice there was one? <laughs> Not really. I <laughs> Did you guys, like just me giving you the synopsis, there, did you guys even know that was going on? I didn't understand the whole parasite thing. I mean, for me, I just thought it was like, oh, there are zombies, and I, maybe I missed something, but I didn't think they went too much into it. But I also think, so part of me wants more of the story, but then also when you're playing multiplayer, I actually prefer not to have cutscenes and stuff when you're playing multiplayer because then I feel bad that the other person's waiting. Yeah. You know? I love the cutscenes. There's like four, and I thought they were all really cool. Yeah, and I think too, the characters, you don't really learn much about them, or maybe there is something you can look up. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, there's some bios you can look up. But I like that they actually look like normal people. Yep. Like some, like for me, it's like, okay, not everyone who survives a zombie apocalypse is going to be beautiful, you know? <laughs> Um, and not that they weren't beautiful. I'm just saying that they, they look like real people. Um, and I thought that was kind of great. More realistic. Yeah. No, I, 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 maybe I'm misinterpreting, but there was like actually some diversity to what it was. Like you, you yep. had mom, you had like, you know, she was an older Southern woman. You had doc who was an Asian doctor. I probably, I don't know if it's bad that I don't know of, of which descent specifically, but she would, you know, I don't like, think they say what the time. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you had an actual diversity of characters. Hoffman, just kind of this, I don't know. He seemed like he was an old professor or something. I could he was totally a wrong. conspiracy theorist. Oh, that's right. Cause he's like Alex Jones. He's yep. raving on about, you know, turning the frogs gay or, you know, yeah, all these was, weird he, conspiracy theories. He, like sound out oh, yeah he even says yeah, he was a doomsday media. prepper yeah he was a doomsday prepper and a uh, conspiracy theorist he reminded me of dwight Schrute. i always called him dwight <laughs> i mean i love that kind of but i i i, I can't look past the alex jones reference <laughs> so liz you made a good point that this game does not just straight up hey this is a story and i this is very reminiscent of left for dead so obviously liz you did not play left for dead but Left 4 Dead, there really wasn't much of a story. It was, hey, you guys are survivors, and you're basically trying to get from point A to point B and basically survive the apocalypse. And if you actually looked around in the environment, is how you learn the story. And once again, that's exactly what they did for Back for Blood. Every time you're in a safe room, there's scribbles on the wall of people writing messages or things that are going on. And depending what pe uh, people you have on the mission, what cleaners you picked they'll actually have banter between each other. And that's also how you get to learn how the mission is. So like if you play Hoffman, there's a forest level and he talks about how he keeps going to this forest and looking for his missing dad in this forest. If you don't have Hoffman, you hear the survivors talk about it. Like, Oh, Hoffman really wants to be here, but we don't know why. And so like, there's this hidden story essentially. And I love that this de developer is like stuck with this because it, it makes it just, it makes it like, if you're someone like Keith, you don't need a story. You just shoot zombies. But if you're someone who's like me and actually kind of want more of this universe, it it's rewarding to kind of look it up and listen. Yeah, and I from the little I saw of the cutscenes, they were very nice graphically. Except every time I tried to load the one from like the very first level, it just would you choppy chop 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 its whole way through it. So I didn't really watch much of them for that reason. And like Liz was mentioning, I was typically playing multiplayer, so I just kind of skipped through them. But that's where, in a lot of ways, this game had. Well, not the biggest way by any means, but in some ways for me personally, I think it felt a little roguelike that 
I didn't really care. I knew there was a zombie thing going on. I kind of was able to figure out that it took place after. I, th- I think actually the use of clean calling them cleaners was like very smart because like from a context perspective, I kind of immediately yeah. knew that, hey, you're out here to just clean up the mess. And, and yeah, you guys are professionals. Exactly. You're not, you're not just like, Oh, you know, we, we scrapped together and let's do this. It's like these, this is the team that goes out and takes care of business. So I, I thought that was a really smart use of the like, um, titles and things like that. So all in all, I, I think you can completely play this game without knowing a single bit about the story. And, and oh, I think 100%. that's perfectly fine. I kind of wish character-wise that they had different kind of quirks. So, for instance, like, you know, somebody's really good at this, but they're more prone to um, the trauma that you have to you go to the med negative thing. perks? Well, not maybe not negative, but do you know how, like, it's, like, in some zombie stuff, like, you'll have a character that's super strong or that will that isn't as scared as easily? Well, they do have different perks. But you said it's random when no. I asked you. No, no. Each one of them has actually like a set defined perks. Like uh, what Evangelo has, I think, like ten percent uh, trauma resistance or something. Yeah, and he can escape from a grab. No, but you said when it comes to trauma and stuff, you said it's more random. Oh no! What I was saying with like with the trauma, whenever your character's injured, if you get hit again while you have an injury, there's a chance you'll also gain trauma, and trauma permanently lowers your health. So like that's kind of random. And then you have the card system which you can use to prevent that from happening so you don't get as much trauma. It would make sense that like some characters are faster, some are slower, things like that. I don't that I'm just saying I think it would be cool, but some I don't faster. I I'm not disagreeing with you. Liz. I think it, there would have been some cool features I'm of talking like, negative. Oh. Negative features. You keep saying Okay. Th- this person is better at this. No, I'm saying negative. No, I see what you're saying, and I think that would have been kind of cool. Like, I don't know, maybe one of them has, like, a fear of fire. So when you're fighting a charred zombie, like, they might, if it's a computer, maybe they have an issue, you know, they, like, cower, although the computer kind of always cowers. But, like, (laughs) maybe, like, some functionality like that, I I think that would have been really cool, and it would have made the characters feel a lot more personal than just spewing lines at each other as you run around this lifeless map that isn't really lifeless. (laughs) Uh, so I completely disagree with you guys. I think it'd be interesting, maybe story and banter wise, but gameplay wise, no, I think it'd be awful. I just like, if, feel like it was kind of, you're playing a lot of the, the same missions and stuff. So you, for me, I think it would have been something to kind of switch it up a little bit. Well, no, that's what the point of the AI director is. So every time you're playing a, the game, there's corruption cards. And these are the cards that the computer is playing against you saying like, hey, now you're going to go be going against zombies that run faster. Or you'll have zombies that have body armor on. And if like your character is weak against fire, there's eventually even fire zombies that when they hit you, they do fire damage. If you had a character, like if they, the director pulled that card on you while you have a character that takes extra fire damage, like that, that screws you over. <laughs> you basically honest, lose. I, like I'd say a good like 60% of the time I did not read the corruption cards. <laughs> Well, this is this is why you thought it was the same thing every time. Because yeah, you get corruption cards. But it like, still hey, this felt be the same though. So you're saying, oh, you, this is why you think that. But it's like it still felt the same to me. So obviously, it wasn't that much of a difference. But, I did like the extra cards where you have to do something additional, like you know, don't scare any crows, which you were terrible at. <laughs> you were always scaring. There, there were crows, right? Yeah, some type of bird. Yeah, but. I will also say it's because it, you didn't get as far in the game. When you get to like act three or four, the final acts, 
that's when the game really throws a bunch of corruption cards at you that really just like really weigh you down. Or if you play on a harder difficulty, like it really starts to throw some heavy hitting cards on you. I mean, that's something too that I think was a little weird. So the difficulty in this game, it was, it was pretty hard. There was one that was towards the end of act one. No, right? that no. was at the beginning. No, it was the first set of yeah. three, right? Yeah. the last, It was really hard. And then we did it again and it was super easy. So it, I, cause we kind of figured out our own tactic with it, but, um, I thought the difficulty was kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. You're talking about the ferry level where you had to run across a broken bridge. Yeah. Cause yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but once I had played the level out really poorly, I had an <laughs> idea of what to do. And so we did it super easy. Yeah. But I think that's all part of it. And cause I, I think back about when Andrew and Dave and I played this on the beta where we did that exact level and we had no clue what we were doing. We're just sitting around shooting things and they just keep spawning on you. And we struggle bust for, I don't know, three or four turns. And then finally we're like, what if we just try to run across the bridge? And once you got what the level was and you put together some tactics to it, it got, I don't know, maybe not exponentially easier, but it was much easier. But then you do have that added factor that Andrew was mentioning of the AI director or whatever it's called, where yeah, all of a sudden you think you've got it, but then it's, we're going to throw a ton of sleeper zombies at you and you're coming around these corners just constantly getting pinned to the ground. So it, a lot of those different cards that get played against you are what change the difficulty immensely. Because some things like I just, like like I mentioned, I was not good at the sleepers. I would get hit <laughs> by them a lot. Yes, you would. That's why I always made sure I stayed close to you because I'm like, got a safe Keith. Thanks. But- but yeah, the difficulty was kind of weird because he, so me and Keys ended up beating it, you know, the night before and playing the final boss. Like there actually is a pretty significant boss fight in the end. We were playing it with some randoms and like there was a couple times where it just felt like there was non-stop zombies spawning. And it's like we couldn't even fight the boss. We were just constantly just trying to fend off the basic enemy horde. And then eventually me and Keith were like, whatever, you know, we'll just do me and you and just have two bots. And it was so much easier. I don't know if, like, I, I couldn't quite figure out if the director, if you're playing with real people, it throws more zombies at you. But it was just, it was weird that sometimes it felt like it was zombies, 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 zombies. And then when it was just me and you, Keith, it was like, yeah, we killed 10. And then it was quiet for a good 30 seconds or so. And then maybe another 10 spawned. But it was so much more manageable. Oh, I also wanted to bring up that level, the, uh, the, the with the Betty song. That level was so the fun. The bar fight? Yes, when yeah. you're, you're defending the, the bar. That was so much fun with the music going. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is one thing I'm really enjoying about Back for Blood compared to, like, Left for Dead. If you played Left for Dead, majority of the time, you're just going from point A to point B. Up here is, like, a downed bridge or something, or you have to activate some sort of crane, and, you know, you basically have to defend the area, then keep progressing. That's how, Back for, like, Left for Dead always did it. Back for Blood at least mixes up the formula a little bit. You know, sometimes you have to go rescue survivors. Sometimes you have to do a boss fight. Um and in this case, Liz is talking about, yeah, there's a bar fight, which is very reminiscent of Shaun of the Dead, if anyone's seen that movie. You basically hold up in a bar. You have to cause a massive distraction so survivors can get on a bus and leave. And, yeah, when you play the jukebox, there's like three songs. I only noticed three different songs. And, yeah, one of them is Black Betty, and it is absolutely so much fun. I wish they just did Black Betty because it's a, such a fun song to be blasting hordes of zombies to. I know it's a weird gripe, but I wish they got the rights to, like, the actual song being like a weird cover version of it. It was still awesome. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I would I don't just, think there was a cover version. 
It didn't sound like the real version. I could be totally wrong, but that didn't sound like the original to me. Isn't it ZZ Top who does the original? No, I don't think so. No, Rain Jam. They're the band that oh, does the original. Oh, that's right. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. It didn't It didn't sound like the regular one. All I know is it was still awesome. I'm not complaining about it. I didn't I didn't hear any of the other ones, but it just it was like a perfectly fitting song for it. Oh, thanks. So, no, I actually looked up the amount of songs that are actually in the jukebox, and there's like a good 15. They have Ace of Spades from Motorhead. That actually would be a really good one. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Dangs, they actually have an amazing set list in this jukebox. Oh, that is wicked cool. That's crazy. Oh, Rusty Cage by Johnny Cash. Tick, tick, boom by the hives. Eh, I wouldn't care for that one. But man, I played that level so many times and I literally only heard three. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy. You did too good of a job. I know. So you missed out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved the missions in Back for Blood. I thought they were just... Some levels were very short which I also enjoyed. And then some levels weren't very long, but they at least like definitely tested you. So I also loved kind of the diversity with Back for Blood. And I think it's like, it's also very impressive how many levels are in this. I probably should have looked it up, but I felt like when I played Left for Dead, there's like six chapters or something like that. I remember they're not being very long. I remember beating it within like six hours with my friends, but it was meant to be like a game you just play over and over again. But for Back for Blood, there's like a ton of levels. Unfortunately, you do kind of revisit some areas, but to me, it didn't feel like backtracking. It kind of made sense to the world because, you know, you're leaving the fort and, you know, obviously you're leaving out the same front entrance. So it makes sense that you'll see some of the same areas. But yeah, I am impressed how big this game is. I also really like the weapons. So I started out with an assault rifle and I pretty much stuck to that because I, I just love them. And I did something to it, or maybe I got a, a new one, but it it was so different than the original song. Yeah, you, that you I got had. a different one. I yeah, lied to you. But, I thought it was the same one, but it was a different one. Yeah, but you're you're you have different attachments. So I for some reason like did really bad with the zoom scope in something <laughs> like this. But I I loved the guns. I love that you had the, the throwables. I will say I think Control-wise, I really struggled. Like, I could not remember that right stick was melee. And so (laughs) Andrew would be like, he's got me, he's got me. And I'd be like, crap. (laughs) So I don't know why the controls didn't feel right to me. Um, I think that's just like something wrong with me. But uh, I did love the weapons. I... I actually... I agree with you, Liz. I loved the weapons, too. I remember... I think I said this in the preview... I wasn't like, for me, I was like, this is too many weapons. They have like a good, like, I feel like 40 weapons. And I was like, this is way too much. Cause in Left 4 Dead, there's, there's maybe like 10, but I loved the diversity of these weapons. They all felt different, but they all felt nice. There wasn't a single gun, maybe the Barrett sniper rifle that I would hate to have. Oh, nope. I hated the Belgian. It was the double barrel shotgun that you had as your secondary. That gun sucked. But you're also, you're always finding weapons and there's also like the shop at the beginning too. So if you go around and you don't like it, um, and I, I love the shop, but I also, you're, you're getting Intel cards as you're completing levels too. Like you'll just randomly find them. And so for me, I, I didn't switch. If I found a gun that I really liked, I just didn't switch. I, I just liked it too much, but yeah, I really like that. I think it really depended on the run. If I was, I, I mean, it's hard because the way that this, the game system works or the run system works is you may actually just complete one all the way through. You may not. You can you know play through a couple levels and restart halfway through 
uh, an act if I'm if I'm correct on that. So it just like I felt like yes, if I started with a gun from the beginning, I was getting all these really cool attachments. I might hold on to it, but if my attachments were eh, and I I didn't feel like it was a huge difference, but there is a like tier system to your items where it starts out just like a, a lot of any RPG or looter shooter, you know, where you have the gray named and then it goes to green and blue and the purple. So if I'm walking around and I have this gray level or white white named weapon from the second level, and then I come across the exact same gun with maybe a few less attachments, it's a purple. I'm pretty much going to pick that up late game. So yeah, yeah. I, I, all in all, though, I agree with Andrew. the The amount of weapons in this were so much fun. Everything felt like it was all useful. Me, I, I didn't really use the pistols, but because I just didn't want to, and also I used a <laughs> lot of SMGs, so I needed that ammo. But I loved the melee weapons. They felt like so powerful and just so much fun to just run up to a horde of like seven or eight zombies and just whack and boom, you clear <laughs> the whole thing with one baseball swing. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, what just what makes the weapon so fantastic in this game is the card system. I cannot believe how much I love this card system in this game. So, Keith, yeah, this is what you're talking about, which is kind of like a roguelike element to it. The card system, you're essentially creating a 15-card deck that as you're playing, every time you're going through a level, you're drawing one of these cards, and it's essentially just a perk. And the card system is so much fun. Because you can really build decks depending on, you know, what weapon do you like? What play style do you do? Do you want to be a healer? Do you want to be someone who is great at scavenging money or ammo? Do you want to be someone who's great at melee? Do you want to be someone who's really good at shotguns? The card system is so much fun. I have like a really fun shotgun deck that I have that, you know, as I'm killing people, I'm gaining health. I can carry two weapons, you know, a melee deck where, you know, as I'm swinging, I'm healing. Also, I can heal my teammates that are close near me while I'm using a melee weapon. The perks are so much fun. I liked being the healer, and then I built my deck around that because I'm I'm not the greatest shot, <laughs> and so um, you weren't I, bad. I like being able to help in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> so like with the healer, you can I think you get one free heal per per member. Yeah, if you play group. the duck, the duck yeah, cleaner. yeah. So I did that a lot just to feel more useful. Yeah, what I liked about it too is that it. In one sense, I felt like I was sitting there thinking, man, I, sh- I should go look up and see like what the best deck builds are. You know, How do I want to build this? But everything feels simple enough that you don't yeah. need to do that. So I, I really liked that aspect of it. And then I just liked that I could name the decks because I had one called Poop Snacks because, I don't know, it felt fun. And then Because <laughs> you're mature. <laughs> I am, I am a, basically a grown 12-year-old. But then I also I have my, my all-brawn deck, which I called LeBron James. So, you know. <laughs> I just had a lot of fun with the, the card system. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Keith, where it's just, it's easy to kind of piece together what you want. Like, hey, if I'm doing a melee deck, it's really easy to kind of go through the deck and be and seeing cards that are like, you know, this one heals you when you melee. Uh, you gain stamina when you get kills with a melee weapon. So it was easy to do it. I think the most important thing is figuring out what order you get them. Because when you draw your cards, they're not random. You draw your cards in order from 1 to 15. Are you serious? So, yeah, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Which kind of stinks because you're getting the more basic cards at the beginning, and then as you go along, you're getting better and better cards. Yeah. So you'd have to redo your whole deck. It'd be, I think it'd be better if it was random or if like you could just like bounce them around. Because you can remove them, but I didn't see a way to do that. 
I don't know. There, I feel like there must be because, I, but at the same time, I didn't look because I didn't know that order of the cards mattered. I just went left to right across my screen to be like, I like that card. I like that card. I like that card. I'm and sure there is a way. I just, you know. You can't remove them, yeah. No, but I'm saying switch them around. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, okay. If you hold the X button, it says you can grab it and move it up the list. Oh, okay, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it, it, it occurs to me now because I was sitting there last night at one point and I kind of noticed, I was like, man, I feel like I keep getting the same ones over and over again. And now I know why. Now I know <laughs> why. Oh, did they tell you this somewhere? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, I actually uh, remember that. Okay. I've read something I in this game. I pulled the on that one then. <laughs> oh, well, this actually, this, uh, this actually brings up a point that I want to bring up. And I think this game does a pretty bad job at teaching you how to play this game. It, I remember we talked about this during the preview, Keith, but I do not remember in the preview that they had videos. In this one, they at least have tutorial videos, but actual in-game tutorial, this game does an awful job. Yeah, you told me not to bother, and so I just jumped in the game with you and you told me how to do everything. Yeah, because the tutorial, it says, hey, do you want to play the tutorial with you know people online or like solo? And honestly, the tutorial is just playing the first level. Like, that's it. And it really didn't, like, go through steps with you. This is how you jump. This is how you crouch. This is how you shoot. None of that. It's very much just go at it. Did it do any actual, like, tool tips or anything? Because I don't... I think I played through it, but I can't remember. I think some tool tips on some stuff, yes. It'll, like, pop up a text box, but that's about it on some things, but not all. And there's a lot of intricacies in this game that you kind of have to learn and figure out because when you're first getting thrown in, it's it's kind of trial by fire. Yeah, I well, and each time you go, the first time you go to a different vendor, I think it gives you some sort of an overview. But I think that's what you're talking about is that it kind of like gives you a little like video clip, but it explains it. Yeah, there's not much to it, but I felt like, I don't know, again, there is a lot, but there isn't because... Outside of the the decks of cards, everything is really just cosmetic that you change. So I wasn't really concerned with running around to each and all the vendors other than the supply lines and the Intel builder so that I could get new cards and I could build them. So there's intricacies, but again, I think it's also super simple at the same time. A little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, see zombie, shoot zombie. That's kind of what you're doing, so... Yeah, just don't suck at that. And, and definitely, like all the the upgraded weapons and everything help. But you could, when you jump into a, a game and you take over for a bot, bots don't pick up weapons from what I can tell. So they always have just a stock crappy weapon. And you can jump into a game and still play. You are gonna struggle a little more than maybe if you've played through the whole run with with the people you're joining in with. But largely, you could still participate and and be effective. So I, I thought yeah. that. It was it was nice that way. Another negative I kind of want to bring up because we're talking a little bit about it is the AI. Yeah. Uh, how dumb they are. Yeah. And it's like they. So Andrew just explained to me because we thought that there was friendly fire in the the first level of difficulty. Yeah, the easy difficulty. Yeah. So, but it turns out there isn't. But they still just keep saying like, "Oh, you hit me," and then sometimes you're snark and you're like, "Don't run in front of me." It's, and it happened all the time because the AI is really dumb. They'd get stuck a lot. Yeah. And I thought it was just me because my Xbox is older. So I had a lot of like uh, rubber banding and weird stuff happening. But I guess it's actually common with everybody. Oh, those that's just server issues. There they was a little server issues when we were playing. Oh, I just assume it's my Xbox. Nah, they, their, <laughs> their servers crashed on us one time. We were able to reconnect. Oh, I remember but, yeah. that. Yeah, but the AI in general like really isn't good. So sometimes they can't help at all because they're stuck in a wall. 
Yeah, the AI ranges from being relatively competent to being completely boneheads. Like, there's sometimes the AI literally is just jumping while literally a horde of zombies is just chewing them apart. And he's just sitting there jumping. Or someone's down and they don't They literally stand on top of you, yeah, and don't revive yeah. you. And I'm just screaming at my monitor for <laughs> them to get me up. <laughs> but yeah, the AI is just not great. I think the real important question is, what's going to happen first? Is Liz going to get a new Xbox or am I going to get my backbone? Hashtag buy Keith a backbone. <laughs> backbone? That's the controller for the phone. Yeah. So you can play on the xCloud. Oh, I'm just, okay. I'm just, I'm just you waiting said, for the day to someone buy me one. That's all. You're talking about needing a backbone. I was like, that means something else too. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I probably don't have one of those either, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, the AI was, was definitely questionable best. And the thing about that Liz, though, is I agree with you because in, at least in the sense of we thought we had all this friendly fire happening the whole time. I largely think the reason they do that is like Andrew and I were talking about this last night is I think it's sort of a training in a sense is if you, if you're used to being like, Hey, I don't want to shoot them because they're going to yell at me every time I do them. Even though there's no penalty, you're kind of getting that muscle memory down so that when you go into those harder levels and friendly fire isn't disabled, cause that's all it is. It's just that on the rookie or recruit setting it it's disabled. So you can't actually damage your team. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just, for me, I would say a, a solid, like, 87% of the time, <laughs> it was, I, it was, the friendly fire was not my fault. It was somebody running in front of me. I mean, occasionally it would happen, but I feel like that's also why I didn't, I, I don't want to say this because I, I am just bad, but I feel like I didn't do as much damage too because people were always running in front of me and I'm just like, I don't want to hit anybody. But then again, I could have jumped on a car it would have been, I wouldn't have to worry about that. So I guess, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, actually, since you guys mentioned a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about the difficulties. So there's three difficulties, uh, Recruit, Nightmare, and Hell, I believe it was. And me and Keith learned real quick. Uh, Keith, this is the first time kind of Keith kind of first started. I jumped into his game and it's, it says in the description, oh, Recruit, this is for people who are like new to first-person shooters. And then, you know, Nightmare, oh, this is for people who are relatively competent with first-person shooters. So Keith's like, oh, okay, we're going to play on that difficulty. I don't know why they did the description like that, because Back for Blood is meant to be played. You're supposed to play through all of the easy difficulty and Recruit and be able to earn enough cards to build a good deck and then play on harder difficulties. So me and Keith tried, you know, the medium difficulty, and we got slaughtered right out of the gate. No, we we almost made it to the last safe room, and I think we died on the last zombie that was there. Oh, that's actually right. I'm surprised. I actually forgot about Well, we, we first were bombing. No, didn't we fail the first run, and then we did a continue, and then we did better? Yeah, either way. I think is what happened. Either way, we, we we did almost make it on one of them, but that was we almost made it through one level, and boy, we were limping to that finish line because we also did not make it. I noticed that with Andrew and I, when we played, all the times that we died, it's because we separated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to like stick the, together. Yeah, that's the quickest way to, to lose. But So this is kind of one thing that's unfortunately kind of a negative with Back for Blood. If you unfortunately do not have a group of three friends to play with, you're kind of in for a bad time. You know, you can get by with Recruit, you know, playing on the easy difficulty. Just with the bots, you could do relatively well. You can make it. But it's easy to connect with randos. You know, you can play. It's cross-play, so you can play with people on PC. I don't know about PlayStation. But you can at least do PC. So, you know, there's quite a bit of people to play with. 
And, you know, getting randos is, of course, a mixed bag. You know, you get some people who literally go AFK. This reminds me, they need to patch this. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, they patch this. There is no kick feature. So if you have someone who's AFK and they're sitting back there, you can't beat the level. Everyone has to get to the safe room and you just have to wait, which is like a good 30 minutes for the AFK time to kick them out. It is way too long and you cannot boot people. It is awful. Anyway. <laughs> I was just reminded me of that. So, AFK that. timer would be good, but if it's 30 minutes or so, even if it's I mean, it, it's a little of exaggeration. It's, it, it, but it is at least a good 10 to 15 minutes. It's quite a while. So, do you think solo just should have been different? Like, it had like an actual like like story kind of thing, and had it different than the like multiplayer? Yes. Well, because yes. solo, you can't buy. You don't earn any of the supply line points. Yes. And so you can't buy new cards. So it's really irrelevant. That's and that's I think a. If I'm right, I think that's already a big complaint from just a lot of people about this game, but I couldn't agree with more. It's because I, before Andrew and I started playing, I, I jumped into solo mode and I was like, oh, this will be good. I don't, you know, I don't mind playing with random people online, but I just kind of wanted to touch, you know, dip into the game a little bit and, and start trying it before I jumped into some online. So I thought, oh, this will be cool. I got about three missions in and Andrew joins my party. He's like, you're not doing solo, are you? No. Yes. Why? <laughs> And yeah, then he broke the bad news to me that I had just wasted the last 45 minutes. I mean, I had fun, so I guess I didn't totally waste it. I just wasted it in terms of game progress. Yeah. So if you play the game, here's a tip. Do not just pick solo campaign because, yeah, you will not earn supply points, so you won't earn any cards. It really is just meant to be kind of a practice mode. But if you actually do want to play solo and with bots and actually earn points, there's a couple different ways. Um, I know with me and Liz... You know, we were playing two players. If you go to preference, you can turn turn on private lobby. If you turn that on, I think you can just create a solo game with bots and it's considered multiplayer. But Liz was able, like me and Liz were able to join just me and her two bots and we were making, you know, supply points just fine. So that is, I don't know why they did that. I understand they're encouraging this is supposed to be a multiplayer game, but it's just like, still at least give people something if they want to do solo, especially since the bots are awful. Yeah, and I... Yeah, I, I don't know. But I do think, I think we found out that I, at least from my, what I'm, what I saw, I think I agree fully that it makes the game easier when it's not a full lobby. Cause I felt like every time we had four, there just always seemed to be spots where zombies just didn't stop coming. Yeah. But yeah, if you, uh, if you're really into this game, like I said, unfortunately you have to have a party of four if you want to play. You can maybe get away with some randoms on medium difficulty, but if you're playing on the hardest difficulty, you absolutely need to be a group of four of your friends, coordinate your decks, fully communicating with each other. So that's kind of a little bit unfortunate, but... I I mean, or if, if you play random, you can find people. I mean, people do have mics. We, yeah. just, we just had our microphones off for the game, so... I definitely saw in the corner, like, names popping up. I think people do talk in this game. I, so I think oh, they're yeah. kind of really glossing over, like, no, if you don't have people that you know, do not do this. Like, <laughs> I think do it, and you'll figure out, A, how good you are or aren't at the game. But also, as you progress, you play this game enough, you're probably going to play for a while with a group, a good, if you find yourself a good group of people, like any game of randoms. So, yes, you, yeah. can, you can still play it without friends. You you just like have to be willing to play random. You guys are. I mean, trust me. I don't. <laughs> Call I don't it us antisocial. <laughs> I don't generally like to join random parties, but I I've done it. I plenty of times. I the amount of hours I played on Overwatch with just random people. Oh man, even on uh, you know, even on chat too. Just yeah, you you hear things out there, man. <laughs> 
What is how many randoms did you play with? I wasn't the one talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Call it us antisocial. I talk to people on Sea of Thieves. That counts, right? Kind of. I remember <laughs> you screaming at me. See, You're I like, think there's people on the boat. Like, this is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funny difference between Andrew and I just not liking to talk to random people and Liz not liking to is Andrew and I just talk about dumb stuff that aren't the games. And you can't really do that with just random people or yeah. everyone is going to hate you. Be like, I don't care about your dog. I mean, I do, but like also kill zombies and stuff. I know. Like yesterday, telling you how our daughter fell in the lake. It's like nobody random, but nobody random people want to hear that story. Yeah. That sounds really dark the way you said it. <laughs> She's fine. She you know, when she, essentially, when she fell to the, the bottom of the ocean, it was so hilarious. I said lake. It was, it was one foot of water. <laughs> but uh, there is actually another game mode. I don't know if you guys played it at all, but did you guys try the, the swarm game mode? I did. I, I only played one round. And I won, so I didn't really need to. I, I Undefeated, retired, yep, champion. I, I, <laughs> I got my pro invite, and I said, sorry, I, I can't do that. I'm retiring from the game. Um, I'm going out <laughs> undefeated. But it was it was really fun. The problem was is that there was levers on the team. I'm not going to say which yeah. team had them, but there was, there was levers on <laughs> in the game. And it just it kind of it made the game less fun. But at the same time, like if it could do, so if, I guess I would say if it could do some type of fill system so that you always had people there, then I think it would be a lot more fun. Yeah. So what is it? I didn't play it. The swarm game mode. So essentially it's 4v4. There's four survivors and four zombies. And basically the survivors are stuck in a small area. And uh, essentially the ring is closing in on the survivors and the other four Zombies are picking one of the specialty zombies and you're just trying to kill the survivors as quick as you can. And it's basically who can survive the longest. So a timer is ticking up and whoever has the highest time of a team that survived the longest wins the round And first person in two rounds wins the game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, it was a nice distraction, but that's the best I could describe it. It was just kind of a fun distraction. I like it still gave you supply points. So it wasn't not worth your time, but it was just a fun distraction. That's all. It would be, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And I don't know, maybe it has it is if you could do private lobbies with that and can, and again, kind of the same idea. If you could do like two V two with your friends, if you had a group of four, or if you actually have like a wider group of people that you want to just all play with, that would make it one of the few games you could play in a real big group. But it actually would be pretty cool. The one thing I think is a little disappointing with it though, in left for dead, they had essentially you're playing the campaign and the enemy zombies are basically trying to stop the people from progressing through the campaign. They don't have it in this oh, yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they patch eventually and come out with that game mode. But right now it's just an arena kind of based game mode and not, you know, survivors trying to run and get to the point while the zombies are stopping them. Yeah, I forgot about that game mode. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, our friend Max was complaining about that, that he thought that's what the game mode was. And uh, so it was like, yeah, oh, that's a good point. I wouldn't surprise me if they come out with it eventually since these are the people who created Left 4 Dead. But uh, one thing I remember we talked about, we talked about a little bit in the preview I was very underwhelmed with the graphics in the preview and the beta. I completely take it back now. I think the graphics for Left Back for Blood is much better. See, and that's what I assumed. I assumed since it was a beta, the graphics were maybe toned down a little bit. But overall, Back for Blood, I really like the graphics. Keith, you made a decent point, though, on some of the graphics. Yeah, there's there's definitely certain points that you're like, I don't want to say necessarily wowed by the graphics, but it's a beautiful... 
like feels like a real i don't know post-apocalyptic world it and it and i love the look and feel but then there's just these random graphics like the the slime that monsters spit out every now and then it's just this weird green hazy bubbles and it, it just looks awful and it looks so, like almost 360 and out of place and i and i wish they didn't do that or they found a better way to do it i guess there's one thing with the graphics that for me i think is very impressive so yes you're fighting a lot of the same same zombies but they did a fantastic job with the common zombies that you're fighting like they have a huge there's a lot of like diversity between the zombies yes you they're all the same height they all look relatively generic but like they all have different outfits you're not seeing the same exact zombie in the massive crowd of people like every single zombie you know has a different shirt different pants you know maybe some different wounds on them or different you know how much the worms are coming out of their skin they all looked very different in a way that like it didn't wear me down yes the specialty zombies looked the same but i think that makes sense because you want to be able to prioritize the special zombies. Like, this one's going to pin you. This one's just going to vomit on you. You want to kill the one that's going to pin you because that one will really take your team out. So it makes sense that the specialty zombies all look the same. I think it's interesting. Cause I, I did like the graphics, but that was something that a lot of people didn't like when I was looking up um, reviews and stuff. There was a lot of complaint about the graphics. And I will say, when there were a ton of hordes, I did see like some of them just kind of looked like shadow people. They didn't have any definition and stuff. And well, so I felt console. like maybe, but I do feel like it went from really good to not so great. But I think overall the environments, the characters that you're playing, all of that, I think it's great. It's just that one thing that I didn't like is when there'd be a swarm at night and sometimes they just, they looked like dark gray with eyes. Is it? Are you playing like on the like on the old Xbox One S or the One X at least? Because the One, one X, a One X. Yep. Oh, okay. That's what because that's what I'm on. I was gonna say I, I know the the Series X is obviously gonna look even more crisp and better than mine, but I didn't. I don't feel like I noticed too much of that. Yeah, but also, I mean, I said earlier, I was having a lot of issues with like rubber banding. Uh, the AI would just suddenly appear in front of me, like randomly. It was really weird. I had a lot of issues. Um, but looking at the zombies outside of that, I did think they looked good. I mean, I, I genuinely like the graphics. I like the atmosphere. Yeah, and usually in zombie games, like Andrew's saying, they just almost pare it down to this like it's the one male coming at you it's like always disintegrated and not really and i wouldn't even see it and some days it's not even male just they make it like gender neutral and everything which is fine but there is like i don't know yeah there's just there's male female zombie females and like actual diversity right down to the clothes and everything it was it was really impressive and i thought that that made it feel more real that you weren't just like all right cool every everything's the same like real people never even lived here and became zombies <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but also with the graphics too the thing that it kind of impressed me since there's so many levels i actually liked the kind of diversity of lo locales that you go to you know at one point you go to a high school you know you're in a gymnasium at one point too you're going across it's called the clog it's essentially just a big wreckage of ships you're, you're walking on water on all these crashed ships and you know there's a plane crashed among them you know there's like some cars here and there because it's a bridge that's also collapsed I thought the locales were really impressive. Some of them, yes, you are walking through, you know, generic looking forest, generic looking farmland. You still got some of those, but I at least 
you know applaud them that they you know mixed it up a little bit here and there oh as i say i i almost liked some of those generic levels the most though because they were just the most random in terms of like you never knew where anything was going to pop out of and so it just made the fights a little more interesting so i I thought those was kind of those levels were kind of cool in a way i also like that it graphically when you you know for instance if there's coins things like that it was very simple like i knew exactly like what was there and i knew that something was there and same with um some of the levels you have to uh what's it called you take the planks you you board up (laughs) you board up the windows and um so for me yeah i know right (laughs) and so the but the planks would like because i mean i just sometimes i'm so unobservant there could be a pile of wood right next to me i'd have no idea but it had like kind of even though it's highlighted (laughs) (laughs) that's the word highlighted killing it liz (laughs) i'm so good at explaining things (laughs) i'm good at words uh, another thing I don't know if you guys noticed but I actually really enjoyed the animations too the reload animations you had for some of the guns were really cool looking yeah I think the I one, don't know if you guys noticed it I did no well because the mags like the way the mags and stuff changed it actually would change how you reloaded like almost like Call of Duty style you'd have the two taped together so you'd have like yeah. an SMG where you'd pull it out flip it around and then you know use the underside of the barrel you were using so I thought that one was really cool and I don't know I always remember the the M249 there the giant LMG that you carried around because you like load an actual chain of bullets into it so it was yeah. kind of cool but yeah the I, the guns also what impressed me is the overall sounds the guns all sound really cool when you, you someone in your team has the Barrett sniper rifle you know it you can hear that thing like a mile away I like the big gun that is just stationary the so mini when, gun when you're defending a, a place yeah. yeah I loved that you thing. struggled at first because you didn't realize you had to hold it you're like nothing's happening but Nothing's then when shooting. I got it <laughs> yeah then you got it then you just kept mowing everyone down that, that was when I would have the most amount of damage yeah I do well but it, it was unfortunate I remember we talked about this during the preview Keith that in Left 4 Dead, you know, they had some really scary looking zombies, specifically the witch. You would hear yeah. her cry, and then if you woke her up, you were hearing her scream. There wasn't anything too terrifying in Back for Blood and this time around, which I think is a little unfortunate. But it kind of makes sense, I guess, a little bit, because clearly they're going for a more lighthearted vibe, a little more comedy, just kind of something not so doom and gloom. But I think, too, there, there were some scary elements. Like, when you're walking through the woods, you know like something can come at you from any angle. Yeah. And so I think that in some of the environments, it was it was kind of spooky because you're like, when are they coming? You know that they're there. You but can hear big ones stomping. That's, yeah. that's true. You can hear those in the distance. Just boom, 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 and, boom, yeah. getting closer. And then that's usually when I realized that I was, like, separated from the group a bit. And I'd be <laughs> like, wait for me. So I do think that there was, like, that scary element. No, I, I loved the sound elements to this game. I thought they were really cool. I do I do wish that, yes, they had brought back some of those like kind of really creepy ones about it. But all in all, I think they did an amazing job with it. And I thought the game, like the gun sounds like you were talking about, I was like, oh, I almost felt like I was playing like a Call of Duty Zombies at times because it just like the guns sounded right. They almost felt right, too. Um, yeah. It, it was just, it was all very well done. And even then the music, which I think was pretty infrequent again outside of the there was always kind of some there was some going in the background but it's pretty quiet yeah so like i don't but you didn't need it other than the jukebox level which was just a ton of fun you know just kind of killing zombies to a beat it was it was a lot of fun so i I like sound of musical of this game just as much as everything else i'd say 
I like when you get the horde notification. You hear the zombies in the distance screaming. You know a horde's coming. You gotta yeah, prepare. That is that's I cool. Think sometimes the um, the doom music would would carry on when uh, like yeah. all the zombies had left, and you're like, is something still here? And there wouldn't be anything there. Yeah. And then Andrew pointed out to me. I was trying to remember the voice actor, but he's from Community. Michael Ironside. Yeah, he was he, such a good voice actor for this. I love that pick. Yeah, he was the. Uh, he was the general of Fort Hope. I still don't know if I know who that who Michael Ironside is. He was in the Community episode where they uh, mimicked CSI, and they were doing the courtroom against Todd. And you know they the had potatoes. Their, the potatoes or yams. Oh yeah, that's right. They're yams. yams. Yeah, Michael Ironside was the uh, the guy defending Todd. Okay. The general. Yeah, that's a guy that like shows up in things all the time. I'm like, oh, I recognize him, but I don't know his name. And so then when yeah. you say his name, I'm like, I don't know who that is. Uh, if anyone's a big fan of the Splinter Cell series, he was the original voice of Sam Fisher from the Splinter Cell series as well. So he's done video game voice acting before. Oh, nice. Oh, I was going to say, did you look it up or does he just sound like him? <laughs> oh, no, no. I was a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Splinter Cell series, so... No, I mean, did you look up to make sure like he's the actual voice actor? Yeah. You can leave this part out. I just, no, he is. I just realized like I didn't actually fact check it myself. Because the last Splinter Cell game, they actually got a different voice actor, and so many people were disappointed. And like a year or so later, Michael Ironside came on for like some sort of interview, and that was the first thing he said. He goes, I am the one true Sam Fisher. And I thought it was pretty cool. Because even he was kind of disappointed that he wasn't invited to do the voice again on the last game. But anyway, that's a random tangent. <laughs> um, but speaking of voice acting, though, did it ever annoy you hearing your characters? For yes. me, there was one specific line, and it was whoever played Hoffman, or Dwight, as I always call him. If he uses a bat, he constantly says, See, Dad, I could have made the team. Constantly. I heard oh, that line yeah, so many yeah. times, it was so annoying. That was really annoying, because I was playing as Hoffman for a while. And I played the doctor a lot, and I... She didn't really sound like. I felt like she never had the right emotion. But yeah, some of the voice, some of the voice dialogue to me was a bit repeating. That got a little annoying. Oh, I was gonna say, didn't Doc keep talking about how she could have just opened up, a, or she just wanted a successful business or something like that? Yeah, that, and the line some... for me, the line that was annoying for her is, "I'm not a happy bunny." Oh, she said that a lot, and that got annoying. I don't think I heard that as much, but I also wasn't playing as her, so. Oh, I played. She was my number one. I played the most. I think she might be actually the only character I didn't beat a level with, because oh, I, I don't. Because I, I'm pretty positive I didn't get that achievement. But I don't think I got many. Typical Keith, honest. not being a healer. Dad, that is a bold-faced lie. You play. <laughs> you played many hours of Overwatch with me as a healer. I'm not sure you loved Moira. I sure did. But you know what isn't annoying? The achievements. <laughs> uh, I don't actually- think that's going to transition well. <laughs> No, no, because that actually is, you make a good point. I, the achievements of this game are actually pretty good. I, I love seeing them pop up a lot. Yeah, and it I, feeds you a lot. Yeah, I didn't put in as many hours as you guys, and I feel like I didn't do as well, but they just kept coming. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, a lot of it's just beating the game. just by. I doing, mean, yeah, a little bit. But not only that, there's quite a bit of like doing a specific thing, but you naturally kind of do it a lot yeah killing yeah. a lot of enemies while being downed i got that one right away <laughs> no take me long for that but yeah no the achievements are like it feeds you quite a bit yeah there you got a couple where you have to beat the levels on the harder difficulties that one's gonna take you some time so if you're an achievement hunter 
I would overall, I guess, recommend this game. Just don't expect a thousand. If you're gonna thousand it, it's probably gonna take you about thirty-three hours, is what the clock time is saying. But the main game, you're looking about eighteen hours. So overall, it's not terribly long of a game, and you're going to get quite a bit of achievements just by going through it. Uh, I've just beaten the game on recruit difficulty, and I'm at over like five hundred and eighty or so for gamer score. But yeah, the achievements overall are very easy. You just kind of look them up. There's a handful where you have to find like a hidden object, which is really cool. I like that the game did that. There's these little gold skulls that are hidden in like 10 different levels. And all you have to go up to them and press X and boom, there's your achievement. But I love that they had the, these little Easter eggs you can find. These are these are fun achievements. Yeah, I think I, I just checked. I got uh, 385 and that's with skipping some of the middle acts because I just was playing on yours like when I beat the game and everything. So I have like a weird smorgasbord of different achievements throughout the, the different acts that are not consistent. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's worth the playthrough at the very least on those lower level difficulties. Get everything you can. And then if you really like it and you want to push for those achievements, go for it. But you're going to get good chunk just in the, you know, probably 10 hours of playing the game or so. But uh, just a little... A little bit of info when it comes to the achievements, though. Some achievements pop when you actually play the game, but majority of the achievements will not pop for you until you head back to the hub world. So I remember that was scaring us sometimes. We're like, oh, these achievements glitched because I definitely just did that. But then as soon as you exit your game, go to the hub world, it just achievement, 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 achievement. And I lo- oh, and I that think was that's the best really feeling. Cool feeling. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that was that was an intentional thing or not. But it once I knew it was going to happen, I looked forward to getting back at the to the camp. I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to see how many things are going to pop up." And it would just be like popping up, and it was it's, it's a good feeling. I think the reason it does that is because there's actually in game accomplishments where you actually have other challenges you can do, and if you earn that accomplishment, is when the achievement pops. But yeah, so if you want to you know go above and beyond in this game. There's, yeah, in-game accomplishments, you know, kill a certain amount of enemies, kill, like, snitches without them alarming other zombies. Those will just kind of give you in-game cosmetics and stuff like that, but, and of course, some of them give you achievements. But there's, like, 144 of those, but only, like, 40 achievements. But getting into our final thoughts, so I know I've probably talked this game to death now, but for me, I absolutely loved Back for Blood. I think it was a ton of fun. It's so much fun if you have a group of friends, just to kind of, it's relaxing, just mowing down hordes of zombies, throwing grenades, just fighting through all these like blood and guts. It's a ton of fun to play with friends. Uh, playing by yourself, you're probably not going to have as good of a time, but you still will have a pretty fun, relaxing time. <laughs> Unless, you know, the bots are doing something really boneheadish and then you're screaming at your monitor. <laughs> but it's at least nice if you die, you can take over one of the bots so you can kind of keep going. I loved the card system in this game. It is so much fun. And it really lets you kind of have this fun, creative flexibility with the game. Weapons are great. For me, I just wish, yeah, I wish there was a little more story. Uh, I wish, you know, some of the difficulty spikes weren't too bad. I wish the AI was better. But it is still just a solid, fun time. I'm going to give it a 90. So, yeah, I, I... I don't really have much bad to say about this game. I think I've really liked everything about it. My, my small gripe with the graphics was, yeah, some toxic slime on the ground that didn't look really good, but everything else just felt like a, a world and it felt like a post-apocalyptic one that actually felt lived in. And it was just, 
interesting and I liked how it played. I liked that it was roguelike elements in a first person shooter, but kind of no, not RPG, but it just it, it had so many elements that I liked. I I think yeah, it, it, you could add some fun things onto the multiplayer, but I don't I can't think of much I would improve on this game otherwise. So I think I give it a ninety four blood. Does does that work? Is it, is it a thing? Back ninety four blood. I was gonna start with that, but I was thinking it, that that sounded too weird. So just ninety four blood. I struggle with thinking of a score because I I don't blame the game that I had trouble kind of getting into it. I I really think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if there was a solo that had a ton of story because I really wanted to learn more about the characters. They looked really cool and um, I don't know. I think I'm going to give it an 80. I feel like that's low, but I also like, I wasn't thrilled with my time, but I liked it, you know? I... I <laughs> I don't know what to give it. I do think it's a good game, but I just, I don't know. Well, you just hurt the developer's feelings because they are definitely listening to this. They put a lot of time and hard work into this. <laughs> I don't know. You guys gave such high scores. Uh, but looking at Metacritic, Xbox One, uh, TBD, there's one critic review with 75 and users 6.3. What? Xbox Series X, 75 and 6.8. A lot of people had issues with this game. And some of them, uh, one person said unbalanced and difficult. There was a lot of complaints about difficulty. Um, a lot of complaints about the AI getting stuck in place. Yeah. No split screen was a very common that's complaint. A, that's that's people who wanted this to be exactly like Left 4 Dead is what that is. Yeah. And then another really big one is the price. Um, which it's weird that they were writing it under um, Xbox, but they were saying the PlayStation price. <laughs> but there were so many comments about how expensive it is, and the game isn't worth that price. Um, That's why Game Pass is such a beautiful thing. This is why Game Pass it? is better. This Xbox is better because <laughs> you got Game Pass. But yeah, one of our listeners, he, he, his uh, kind of quick synopsis of this game too, I think he kind of nails it right here. Our longtime listener, Rune, he says, it's a ton of fun if you're playing with friends, it's a headache if you're playing with randoms, and it's simply not very fun if you play with bots. And I, I think that's true. Sounds very wise. <laughs> I like it. Did anyone complain that it wasn't translated into French? Or that there was turds by chance? <laughs> no. This game, uh, this is too new of a game. He wouldn't have played it but yet. And this isn't an indie game, so he wouldn't have played it either. It's true. It's not a pixelated turd. <laughs> I kind of want this to be a movie. <laughs> Bringing that back. You've been you've been holding that in all all game. <laughs> Man, I need to a say zombie it. movie? That's an idea. But you know what? I actually um, they made it a, a TV series instead. <laughs> I'm I'm actually quite squeamish when it comes to zombie movies. Um, there's something about like that chomping sound. I really just chomp, don't chomp, like. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah, I struggle with zombie stuff, but I feel like I would. I would watch this. So if they had like a goofy sounding chomp, like it literally went nom, 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 nom. Every yeah, time I think that would be easier. The thing is, I actually do like quite a bit of, of zombie movies, but I just, I struggle when I watch them. So. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> I mean, I understand where you're coming from because a lot of zombie movies push too much of the gore yes let's yeah. watch 20 minutes of them eat intestines i would a thousand percent want a zombie movie that was scary and then get 
like minus 75% of the gore that's in the new movies. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you would like to write us a game recommendation, we are at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at GBGBpod and Facebook at GBGBpod. I will be posting on our Facebook and our Twitter what game we are playing next. If you have tried these games, please write us a comment or an email, wherever you want. Tell us your review. We will read it on the podcast so other listeners can hear from you. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird0952. I've been Keith and... Dang, I don't have anything good this week. Sorry, everybody. Love you. Bye. And I'm Liz Noob, gamertag, come on, I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob, Noob is EW. This is one of our quickest wrap-ups. Nice. Thank you, and I just ruined it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love you all. We'll see you again next week.